podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My neighbour recently accused me of stealing his laundry. Honestly, I was so mad at the accusation, I nearly shut his pants. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that in Austria. I did, yeah. I think you were near me when I heard it. Well, maybe Ben told you it. Ben Hunt. Ben, ben, to- ben said yeah. it when I was there too, yeah. But it was yeah. a good one. It was a good one. Uh, Lawrence also liked it. That's good. None of the none of the none of the people who were murmuring behind Meadows laughed though. In this airport bar. No, they're they're thoroughly underwhelmed uh, because I'm wearing headphones, so they didn't hear it. But they heard oh, me that's laugh. A shame. Are they aware that's that good. there's a celebrity in the lounge, Meadows? I don't think so because Jess is wearing a cap, so they can't <laughs> see her. Uh, I'm so opposite Jess for people who, which is everyone, can't see. Uh, so we are sat in an airport bar uh, in Raleigh, and all will be revealed on that later. But Ooh. tension, Barreto, score. Nate, it's a seven. Seven? You laugh quite <laughs> a lot at that. I don't know about that, mate. I, I, I feel like I might have to start appealing some of these decisions <laughs> that, to Cass, you know, Court of Arbitration of Sport. That's the first time you've been upset, Cadge. I think, by a score. Wow. Yeah. I think no, because the laugh wasn't a seven. That was about uh, that was at least an eight laugh. <laughs> I would say that. See, that's how you laughed for the joke. I, I did like it. Mm. I did, but then you lost a point because you heard it the other week from Ben Hunt, and I feel like it. Not specifically because oh, yeah, you heard it from Ben sorry Hunt. Sorry to break, sorry to break <laughs> the myth, but I've heard all these jokes before, and I'm just telling them. <laughs> I know, I know, oh, but like word. you've got a long wow. list of jokes that you've been sat on, Nate, and I feel <laughs> yeah, like. How do you think you I just... add to them? I hear jokes like. <laughs> I add them from that. Outrageous scenes. I, I'm, I'm actually going to slightly side with Barreto there, though. As much as I think it deserved a bit more for the laugh, you could have saved it for later in the series and there'd been more detachment from when you'd heard it so that I didn't remember, oh, yeah, you heard that last weekend from Ben. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah I think that, see, that was store you them. That was you influencing the judge, wasn't it? You know? So I don't know about that. Mm. We're starting, with a, we're starting yeah, on a very maybe. sour taste, lads. Very bitter note. The joke gate has we finally we finally got one. Welcome to the Padlock podcast, featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. There was pauses between pause. all of those. I liked it. I liked it. That must be my delay, I think, on this side of the pond. Yeah, I I thought I, I thought it was a thing. I thought it was a thing we were doing now, so I just did a pause as well. <laughs> um, I, I thought, Med- to be honest, I thought Medellin forgot who he was. So um, I yeah, but, you know, I de- thought, I thought that as well. <laughs> but a delay makes more sense. Um, but in a, a slight tweak to the way that we run this show, we're gonna we're gonna go to the sixty second review. Is that correct, guys? I think so. Yeah. That's, can you both listen to it? Is Meadows gonna play it to the bar that he's in? I absolutely am. Yeah. And we're gonna delay the reviews from everyone else. That's what we're gonna do. Bretto said delay. Nice. Talking about delays. How how seamless is that? <laughs> okay. Here we go. If you've only got one minute to spare, wanna know who finished when and where? Sit back, relax, cause we got you here. Nate with the 60 second review. 
The hills are alive with the sound of my review for the Austrian Grand Prix. First position, Charlotte Clerk, finally back on the top step. Max Verstappen was in second because Carlos Sainz's car blew up. He was quite lucky to get out of that. Pleased to see that. Lewis Hamilton, third again. The GOAT. George Russell, Mr. Consistent in fourth. Esteban Ocon, fifth position. And look who's in sixth. Big Dick Mick Schumacher. That's right. We're coining a new name on the podcast for him. That's his new name. Sue me if you don't like it. Lando Norris in seventh. Don't have a similar nickname for him. Kevin Magnussen in eighth. What a day for the American team. Danny Rick up in ninth. That's it. More like that, Daniel. Alonso, the best driver of all time. <laughs> to tenth. Bottas was eleventh. Albon. Stroll. Guan Yu Zhou. Pierre Gasly. Sonoda. Vettel. Science, we mentioned him, didn't we? Very sad. Very sad for Ferrari. I'm actually running... There wasn't much to talk about in this review, was there? So, Latifi and Perez, also DNFs. Latifi didn't put it in a wall, though, this time. So, there's that. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You're almost too speedy. You're almost too quick. You're not the first person to tell me that. <laughs> nine. Nine. Wait, we're reviewing the reviews now. Oh my god, this is a new this is a new moment. I, I like it. Oh um, dear, oh dear. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you off the back of that review. Esteban Ocon fifth. I feel like you should have given him some more love, no? I feel like I should actually listen back to it. But I I, I was t- I was too focused on giving Mick a new nickname. You know, I was that was that was looming large in my brain, uh, and so I forgot to talk about Esteban. Is it? Um, is he it, did pretty well, didn't he? I think he did. Is it time to get on the Mick Schumacher hype train then, Nate? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, that was an underwhelming. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to pick I, up on the fact that you said Big Dick Mick was looming large in your brain. Oh yeah, shit. Well, there you go. That's still, that's, still that's getting over that. Now. That's out there now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that probably podcast title. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've just realised where I am, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Jess has just looked at me like, what are you saying out loud? Hilarious. Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, when, I, when I said it was looming large, I suddenly realised what I'd said. And I, I thought, well, Lawrence isn't going to... Lawrence won't twig that because Lawrence got very innocent and just pure mind. <laughs> yes. But I saw Medders, saw the cogs working in his <laughs> impure mind. And I would have done the same thing, so I respect it. And with the um, delay I've got, I had to time whether I was going to jump in and make the point. And I was like, you know what? It's worth it. Yeah, it is. It was. Um, sorry, so to Esteban Ocon fans, I'm sorry. But nothing, I mean, nothing, there's no equivalent nickname for him. Next time he gets fifth, Lawrence, I promise I'll spend 10 seconds talking about him. <laughs> yeah. ten, 10 of the 60 seconds I will spend <laughs> purely on him. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> One sixth of the review will be pure Ocon content. I'll speak French. <laughs> I'll sing. Do whatever you want. Okay. I, but that's only when he finishes fifth. Okay. okay. If he finishes fourth, not fourth or third. Yeah. Third, second, first. <laughs> he just gets his name read out. If he finishes fifth again, Espanocon won the race. <laughs> yeah, uh, Moving on. <laughs> Lapped everyone. Whatever. <laughs> Don't care. Um, so yeah. I enjoyed you picking up on Fernando Alonso declaring himself the best ever again. Yep. I mean, he does that literally every week, so it's quite easy to, isn't it? But it gets quite boring after a while. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, d- I, I remember when he said that to me in the pen. I didn't really know what to say afterwards because he came 10th. Well, and so. it's like every, every week. Sometimes he might just, he should just be like, look, you know, I could have done better this weekend. 
um you know things didn't go my way but that's the way it is but every week he comes out and was like well you know I probably obviously obviously esteban had the luckiest strategy so you know he should have been about 12th <laughs> <laughs> and he's like if i had that car i'd probably have won the race so <laughs> it's just like me stop doing this it's so annoying um yeah classic so is um wishar winning is is it is he back on the championship hunt do you think no oh Oh, Medlin jumped in straight away with a delay. Yeah. um, So I said before that race, he needs to essentially win two of the three races before the summer break and outscore Max over that time. And then maybe he is. Yeah, that would put a bit of doubt into Red Bull's mind and kind of show that Ferrari have the ability to put together a kind of consistent run of form to get in that mix. But um, the way it kind of that's gone after one race is in the right direction but that doesn't mean it's going to keep going so if you ask me that same question in two races time and he's still outscored max then yes but not yet i mean he's done part of the job Meadows. he's basically done the most he could have done after one race and you're still padding exactly (laughs) but too too soon to but wasn't enough write him on oh nice write him on very good very good very good yeah nate I'm going to be boring as well. I'm going to say no. Oh. I just think, no, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, if Max has a load of issues, then maybe. But Max is just like an absolute robot, isn't he? And he's just, you know, like his bad results at the moment are him finishing second or third. Whereas for Ferrari, they've got to contend with all their strategy shit and the engine and all that stuff. So I don't know. Hope so. But look, Max, let's look at it. The only reason Max didn't win in Silverstone was because he had a giant piece of a car stuck under his car. So he should have won that one. And then Ferrari was quicker on the day in Austria. So Max did get a little bit lucky as well. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like, at the moment, things are in his corner and he's got the huge points lead. So, um, But, I don't know. What, at one of these next two, if he if he doesn't finish one, I, I'd agree with Meadows. I'd be a bit more reluctant, a bit more happy to say it. I feel like, Lawrence, you're, you're totally be- totally believing. I, You've got that look on your I face. I think so. I've, I think so. I mean... Finally, like a weekend went pretty smoothly. Ferrari's strategy was actually quite good. I mean, it was good. I kind of feel like if this, if they can replicate this <clears throat> going forward, I don't see why they can't pull themselves into the fight. I agree with both of you that <clears throat> there's still a long way to go and the gap is big. And I think the driver's championship is it potentially is going to be a step too far. But I think I saw enough this weekend to think that they actually can do it if they actually do a good job both of them both the team and the drivers but but you're agreeing with exactly what we said then that not yet he's not back in it yet but he might be if he keeps doing this no no (laughs) no he's back in it I'm just trying to make you two feel better by saying that I value we can't all agree but we can't all agree I think they're back in it there you go I do I think they're back in it I do I genuinely think that was going to be enough to turn the tables Leclerc 2020 champion is what you're saying I'll screw it by yes by Monza. No, no. That's, what Lawrence, that's what Lawrence thinks. That's what, that's what he thinks. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. not mathematically possible, is it? Well, no, this is this pod doesn't need to be mathematically <laughs> correct, does it? <laughs> it would be on brand if it were. 51% facts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, cool. So Lawrence thinks the clerk's going to win the title. <laughs> me and, me and Metis think he's never going to win it again. Or ever. Not again. Did he win it before? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows in F1 these days? <laughs> With the FIA in charge. F1 only- Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> F1 only started last year, didn't it? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So wow. Well, that was that was just some solid predictions. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and I think that covers off uh, Beretta had put down that we should talk about the Ferrari and Red Bull fight, but clearly, as he's made it clear now, <laughs> Red, there is Red Bull's one. dead. It's, it's, yeah, so Ferrari going to walk. Red Bull over. <laughs> Red Bull have finished. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what Meadows heard. Yeah, same. That's what the people in same. that bar behind Meadows heard as well. Look at them, they're shaking their heads. I can't believe it. Yeah, they're livid. They're raging. All of them. Jess raging. had to walk away. She's gone. Oh, There's wow. no one else here. She's disgusted. Um, well, this seems yeah. like a nice segue to find out why Medland is sat at an airport bar. In, is it Riley? Have I said it? Riley. Riley. So, spelt like Rally, you know, the bike brand mm-hmm. to us. Um, but I'm in America, so it's Riley. Uh, Bretto, you would not believe it, but I'm in an airport bar because I'm flying. Getting a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know that, and Nate knows that, and you know that. I didn't. No, I I didn't know that. I appreciate the clarification. That was very good. You're welcome. Thank you. Is it going to be a big plane (laughs) getting on? Not the first one, no. The first one's going to be a small plane. That's going to Washington. Okay, Uh, so... And then the one after that's a slightly bigger plane. That's going to Boston. And then that's an even bigger plane after that that's going to London Heathrow. So just... So wait, so you're getting off one plane... (laughs) <laughs> what do you do in yes. between when you get off one plane do you get, is there somewhere you can wait before you get on the second plane apparently there's these things called airport bars <laughs> that i can try so okay. i might so i might try one of those so there's more than one there's more than this one that you're in now is that what you're saying apparently, apparently sorry i'm just so. trying to I'm, I, we're asking questions like lawrence's so i'm trying to try to get to the bottom <laughs> of, this, <laughs> of, the, of this question <laughs> sorry, Mine was sorry. supposed to be a segue to Medlin's story. I thought you just wanted to talk about airports and the flying industry. Oh, I do not want to do that. No, no one wants to do okay. that. Okay, I'll ask. I'll let you ask it again, Lawrence, and I won't hijack it this time. Okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll phrase it slightly differently. Medders, <laughs> you have been in America. You flew directly to America from Vienna. Why did you fly to America? And what have you been doing these last few days? <laughs> Better. Good, good question, Lawrence. You're clearly a professional at this. Uh, so uh, I, I can't give away too much. Actually, I can. Uh, I've been driving a Formula 4 car at a racetrack in Virginia, uh, Virginia International Raceway. What makes it international? Who knows? Because it's only located in the one place. But it is it is a raceway and it is in Virginia. So two out of three ain't bad. Uh, and it was epic. I drove a Formula 4 car for three days. Well, I built up to it. I drove it on the afternoon of the first day and then for two days in a row after That's that. That's so cool. And it was awesome. It does sound unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I've got a newfound respect. This is slightly stealing from part of the uh, radio special we'll do for this. But... Uh, I have a newfound respect for anyone who even drives a single-seater semi-quickly. The the commitment you need, the skill you need, the stuff that's going on, um, it does take proper talent to get to pushing these things to limits. And that's at Formula 4 level. You know, I, I had three days to do it, and I reckon if you gave me another seven, then I'd maybe go and try a race weekend and think I might not be embarrassingly slow, but I'd still be at the back. Uh, so, yeah, like it's... You get in one and you're like, this is an alien. This is so weird. And you have to learn so much. But it was great. Great, great fun. Very hot. Very hard work. But awesome. Sounded to me there like Medlin was challenging the entire open wheel racing community <laughs> to a little race in seven days. So do you know what? Actually, I did get asked by one of the instructors when I was coming back to race. Oh, and hello. I genuinely, at that point, was it was before our final runs. And I was like, you know, I, uh, 
you know, you, you sort it out for me and, and let us come back. Yeah, I'd have a go. And then we went out on the final runs and I'd not made any mistakes at any stage, as in big ones. Um, been quite careful. Some people had gone off and crashed and spun and things. It had been actually quite messy from some. And uh, we were doing this free lapping. So basically you're just doing full laps of circuit and kind of trying to improve yourself by this stage because they're trusting you. And I came up behind a slower car and got stuck behind him for a lap and another car caught me up. So there was a, a little row of us and I was getting a bit impatient. Then I was allowed to go past the slower car with some blue flags. And as soon as we went past, I was like, right, I'll show the guy that's caught me up. It wasn't me holding you up, don't worry. And I, I managed about three or four corners before I locked up and went quite wide uh, because he was in my mirrors and I was trying to go quicker than I should. So I thought, all right, I'll let him go and I'll follow him. Um, I'm probably better off following and I'll see how good he is. And he pretty much dropped me. I reckon he had about a second a lap on me. And I suddenly was like, this kid's about 16, 17. Uh, so I was like, okay, uh, that's, that's a good driver. That was his first taste of it too. He'd done the same course for the first time. So I was like, okay, uh, I am nowhere near the ability. I would need a hell of a lot of work to get anywhere near just being semi-competitive with this. So um, you can see why it takes a lot of money to become a racing driver because you need a hell of a lot of practice to become even half decent. So how many laps did you reckon? How many laps do you reckon you did over the course of the three days? Not as many as you'd think. So it was a full circuit at VIR, which is just over three miles. So it's, it's a good track. Um, some high-speed stuff as well, where you, you're properly there's a, a flat-out section through S's that you build up to go and flat out, and you are feeling G-force through there. Your, your legs are kind of moving around in the cockpit a bit. You're you have to be strapped in tight because your body's getting moved around as you turn the wheel, um, which is great. Um, yeah, like Jess has got some bruises on her like shoulders where like the uh, seat belts are pushing in so hard to keep her in it, and um, so it, it's like a proper good test. But one lap, I reckon, takes in these cars coming up it, over a minute and a half, maybe getting close to two minutes. Uh, and each run, you probably got seven or eight laps. Um, no more than that, I think, on our longest run. And then you'd get out and another team would go in and you'd get your feedback. But you'd also be tired and hot by then. It was like 34 degrees. So I reckon over the whole time, to actually answer the question you asked me, uh, must have done in the Formula 4 car about 40 laps, maybe 45, maybe 50 in total over three days which sounds like nothing but um it by the end of the third day your final run so we did three runs on the final day should have done four but by your final run on the final day um you actually are starting to fatigue you notice it you start making mistakes you don't feel that tired but you're making errors so um you your concentration's gone slightly your, your physicality is slightly dipping and they all matter because you need like instant reactions on things so uh yeah it was uh, not as many laps as anyone would expect it to be to still tie you out, which again then gave me more respect for people that race these things. They only do in, in that kind of category, they'll do you know, a 20-minute race, which could just about do and be, be okay with. But um, that's why you know, Formula 1 is the pinnacle like with a two-hour race because that is hard work in one go. So do you, do you think you definitely want to, do you want to have a go again? Because you've obviously got your own helmet, haven't you, Meadows, you know, with your own design delivery. And uh, you've got your own race suit of you and your own boots. So you are effectively a racing driver. So would you want to <laughs> do some more racing? I definitely want to do another course of this. They've got like an advanced course. I'd like to do a small circuits. So it's the Skip Barber Racing School, which is like a really iconic um, old race school here, nearly 50 years old. Um, and Skip Barber used to race in Formula One and then felt that drivers needed coaching just like any other sport and no one was doing that. So set up his race school. And they've had nearly 400,000 people come through the school. 
and half of the IndyCar grid right now came through it. Uh, 25% of the NASCAR grid and uh, only Checo from F1 has done their race series. But um, yeah, a lot of drivers have come through it and, and gone on to big things and still come back and do bits or professional drivers are all your instructors. They're all part of it. So it was a very cool experience to be part of and I'd definitely love to do something like it again. Whether having done that, I'd race. I mean, A, I couldn't afford it. Uh, although, you know, please, everyone get your violins out. Crowdfund <laughs> me, actually. Get your wallets out. Um, but... Yeah, I've, I've got the helmet. Nothing else that's actually spec for racing. I could have brought my own boots, it turned out, because I started off with boots that were way too big and I had to borrow an, a different driving instructor's own shoes to properly fit in the car. Um, but yeah, my helmet's spec that I can use. Everything else is just karting spec that I can't. But uh, it was it was really good fun, really cool. It is a whole different skill um, to drive a single-seater compared to a go-kart or even a road car quickly. So it was uh, a heck of a lot of fun to do, and I'd definitely, definitely be up for doing it again. We should have a pad hoc, like, uh, trip to come and do this. We should have all three of us. We should do a special. Here it is. I'm planning the next freebie live <laughs> on the pad hoc. So we're going to do it at another track, because I've done VIR, and I want to be fair to you guys. And we'll come over for a three-day Formula 4 course, and we'll, we'll, we'll do it and tell everyone about it on the pad hoc, even though I've just done that. Perfect. Well, yeah, we can all talk about it. Um, I mean, I think you'd comfortably beat me. I think Lawrence... And Lawrence definitely quick, me, I think. I think. Yeah, I'm quite I'm heavy, not very so good at go-karting. I'd, I'd weigh the so. car down. I think um, for both of you, though, you'd find, given time in it, like, it is a school. So, you know, you spent the first morning, you had an hour or two being briefed in a briefing room and talking about different things. Then you went and did a skid pan to do some car control um, and kind of feeling a loose rear end and, and looking out the side window because that was about focusing on looking ahead, looking where you want to go, not looking in front of you, but looking where you want to go. Um, then you did some stuff in a road car on a short course with like threshold braking and things like that. So, so car control skills you worked on, which is more familiar to us because the sort of car we're in. Then you got in a single seater. Uh, and the main thing you had to learn was the clutch. The clutch was so heavy and the bike point was so fine. Trying to pull away from the pit lane was really tricky. So, um, but once you've got that, you then you, know, you follow another car to sort of pick up your speed and they give you little drills and stuff. Um, so it is all about step-by-step -step progress. And that's why I think like, both of you would be able to make that progress. It, you'd find where your kind of limit was. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun. Come and I'm do just, it. I want any excuse. I'm glad you managed to solve your loose rear end. That's always, always good. <laughs> always, always good to hear on the pod. One quick one before we, before we move on from the subject. Didn't you talk to Perez about it as well in Austria? You asked him about the circuit. I, talked to, I did, yeah. I talked to, well, about the circuit, I asked Lando and Max because Lando, this Formula 4 car is the exact same spec of car that Lando won the British F4 Championship in. So they did oh, wow. interview with him about that uh, for a feature I'll write and for the uh, radio feature on uh, Sirius XM we'll do in the summer break. So he talked about that and it was great. Uh, and he said, use iRacing because the circuit and the Formula 4 car are on iRacing and you can learn the track that way. And then Max told me the same just in the chat. Uh, but I don't have iRacing, so I didn't do that. And then uh, Checo, yeah, he, he had some great memories of uh, racing in the series. And actually the lead kind of coordinator and instructor that we met, uh, that I did an interview with while I was out here, who's a lovely guy called Gerardo, he raced against Checo in that year. And there's a picture I now have on my phone that I've got to show Checo this week in Paul Ricard or next week of uh, them on a podium where Gerardo's won, Marco Andretti's second and Checo's third. And wow. it's the three oh, of them cool. still on the podium. Um, and, and Checo was asking me if I could get onboards for him and things like that because he couldn't find any anymore, but he loved, loved the year he did. And what was 
a funny story that Gerardo told me and he didn't we didn't get on record so I'm now going to tell everyone on here instead uh, he said there was a race <laughs> I want to say at uh, Road Atlanta where uh, Gerardo had had a bit of a bad start he was further back Checo was getting a bit better um, and Gerardo had been I think punted off at a certain corner or whatever and was, and was climbing back through the field he was behind Checo into a certain corner hit the brakes late Checo hit them very early and he ran into the back of him and punted him off um, and he felt really bad about it and he went and found him afterwards and was like Sergio I'm so so sorry I don't hit people I, I never have contact with people I'm so sorry I didn't mean to and Checo was like no no don't worry I'm slow <laughs> so they said he was really cute um, and that he actually went from being quite slow at the start to really, really improving by the end. They said he was definitely the most improved driver. He was only 14 at the time, uh, and everyone loved him. Apparently, he was life and soul of the place. So, yeah, it was great to hear wow. those stories of that's like really, young really cool. Checo. Yeah, and look at him now. You know, just like tearing things up in Formula One. Exactly. Well, it's such a shame he can't win the championship though, because Ferrari. <laughs> no. But, you know. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. It's a shame Leclerc's won the next ten championships. I mean, <laughs> I was hoping someone else might win it. You know, a bit of bit of bit of balance. But you heard it here first, listeners. Well, Charles Leclerc, twenty-time champ. Do you? Th- <laughs> oh my god. Do you think uh, Daniel Ricciardo might win one of those world championships in the future, Nate? Ooh, I saw you wrote a segue. piece about his future, uh, which I read I did, it, and I and thought it was very good. Thank you very much. Uh, a lot of a lot of McLaren fans have read it and have been sending me some interesting messages today. So some of them are kind of crazy. Some of them are very crazy because <laughs> um, they feel like I'm not really attacking McLaren in that. I'm just kind of explaining how I got to that situation. Um, I don't know. I think out of those two guys, if McLaren did have a championship winning car, I feel like Lando would win it if it was a straight fight between those two. But um, that's based on kind of the last year and a half. You know, Lando looks a lot more confident than. Daniel in this car, um, but we the frustrating thing with the situation, right, is that we, we all know how good Daniel Ricciardo can be, don't we? And he's just not delivering that level. It's not like we're saying this guy could be better, but we haven't seen it. We've all seen it over and over again, and he's just not at that level. So if it's a championship question, I don't know, but um, I hope he's around long enough to at least challenge for one, because that's what's crazy about Daniel Ricciardo to me is that he's not even he's not even been in a championship fight, and it feels like he should have been at this point. Um, but what about you guys, um, Lawrence? Does he does he fit anywhere in your in your championship <laughs> forecast of the next few years? I think it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult. I think in reality yeah. to see him becoming a world champion. Not because I don't think that he hasn't or hadn't got the talent to do it. I just feel like the opportunities potentially passed him by. What was that year at Red Bull where he was leading the championship? Wasn't he after four or five races? I think he won two of the first four or five races. And, you know, at that point, I remember talking about him thinking, oh, this could be his year. And since then, it, it kind of hasn't really come back to him. I think that, but I don't think that that means it's going to be the end of his time in Formula One. Um, I found it a bit strange, just... to be honest, that he came out and said he's staying next year. Like he felt the need to come out and say that he's staying when he has a contract. And not well, only that's that. That's what I wrote today. Yeah. yeah. But the contract yeah. is his end, is on his side, like his side. Yeah. And they're going to have to pay a significant amount of money, like you wrote about, Nate, <clears throat> to get him out of it. And I'm not saying that they don't have that money, but I'm not really sure that paying that money is going to be worth what they, whoever they then bring in to replace him. Yeah. I mean, I wrote in that piece that, like, the nuclear option isn't really justified at the moment. Like, so for anybody who's listening and is unaware of what we're talking about, like, Daniel Ricciardo came out this week and basically released a statement that was, I've got a contract and I'm going to see it out, which, like Lawrence said, the fact he had to, felt like he had to say that speaks a lot about where 
things have got there. But I don't know, like, let's say, like, let's say, I don't know, George Russell was available here or, like, a big-name driver. I could kind of see McLaren talking about getting someone else, but there's not really incredible options. Like, we all love Gasly on this podcast, don't we? Like, that's 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 known. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether if you put Gasly in that car instead of Daniel Ricciardo, I mean, A, you've got to probably pay, pay two people off there. You've got to pay Daniel Ricciardo off and Red Bull to get Pierre out of his contract. So that's expensive. Is he? I don't think he's worth that. You know, I don't know. We don't know how good he'll be at a top-end team again. So, tough situation, isn't it? I just want it, to... It's it's just a sad, like, story for F1 when Daniel Ricciardo's not doing very well. So, I hope he can get better. Um, but I think he'll definitely be in until the end of next year. I just think he's... McLaren, the first chance they get to get somebody else in that car at the end of next season, I think they will. Um, it just seems to... Unless Daniel Ricciardo can do something absolutely amazing next year. But even then... I don't know if he's done if if the damage is already done. You know, it's hard to come back from this kind of form. One thing I'd say there: what do you reckon he does then next? Say McLaren are going to boot him out at the end of next year, or you know, not going to renew his contract, and he knows early enough they say that's going to be it. If you're him, like surely you're not then going to get a race-winning seat somewhere off the back of mm. what's happened. You'd be really surprised if he could. Do you go to another potentially midfield team somewhere? And, and there'd be, I'm sure, there'd be plenty of suitors for him. Uh, but kind of at, at best case scenario to lead a midfield team or with McLaren's links, do you discuss with them going and doing IndyCar? It's an interesting one, isn't it? I I feel like he is still, from everything I've everything I've heard from people around him, he's super dedicated to F1. But yeah, like mm. I just wouldn't, I feel like uh, this next year, if, he, if it still wasn't there, things still weren't around him, then... Yeah, I, I don't. I can't see Daniel Ricciardo leading like an Alfa Romeo or a or a Alfa Tauri. You know, I think he's better than that, and it would be cool to see him competing for like wins in IndyCar. But I don't know. Maybe NASCAR would be more his more his speed, or maybe he'd mix them up. I don't know. But um, NASCAR would make more sense because Jess has just made the point to me um, off camera, Mike, and everything else uh, that McLaren have got too many drivers in IndyCar, so uh, they, yeah. they couldn't find a seat for him because they're signing everyone's drivers, whether they have a contract or not. So. That also yeah. probably means Daniel's sitting not so comfortably because they well, don't seem to care about contracts right now. <laughs> exactly. I, I thought that today as well. Like, the, if, if there's one, if there's one organisation at the moment in racing that is basically just tearing up their own or, or, or contracts that are in in existence, it's McLaren. So, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I don't know what the, the 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 reaction on Twitter will be insane if that did happen. Can you imagine? McLaren would be like public enemy number one for a lot of people because. I think Ricardo is such a popular driver, so I hope, I hope if they do it, they do it in a in a smart way. Like if they have to do it, they obviously it's not it's going to be messy, but I don't know. Hopefully, it's it's not something that kind of ruins the brand or whatever. Yeah, agreed. And, agreed. Yeah, and absolutely agreed. And I think also, even if it is a McLaren thing at the end of next year, I think we'll, I think he's not done with Formula One. He's only thirty three years old. I think he'll stick around for one more project. I think there are projects out there. Maybe like an Aston Martin might seem viable. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen at the top teams. They might want someone like Daniel if he turns things around next year. Like, let's not forget, he is a, a very, very good racing driver. So it might just be that McLaren don't suit him. So I, I, th- yeah. I think there's plenty of options. I don't think he's going to leave Formula 1 unless he really, 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 really has to. And I need to write my next book anyway, don't you I? Do. So I need him to stay in. <laughs> I, need to, I need to write, what was it going to be called? Pertuit of Greatness, <laughs> number two, with a two in the, in the middle. So we'll do that one. Um, but you're right about projects because he does seem to like to join a project, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He's always said, like, like, when he joined Renault, he was like, well, we'll see where it goes. And then McLaren, he was like, give me three years. So maybe. And maybe Aston's not the worst thing. So um, sorry, I think Meadows might be having to leave. 
I think I'm delaying Meadows to get on this flight, so sorry, mate. I have a plane that wants me to board it. But before we do that, we, we love our... Can we call them fans? We love our fans, if they're fans, yeah. of, the, of the paddock. So we're not going to leave them fans. hanging. We've got, um, we've got three reviews that came in in the last week, and we're going to finish by reading them out. Um, and actually a special mention as well. But firstly, three reviews all from the US of A. So that's, what I, that's actually why I'm here. I'm looking around for our fans and I don't see any. Um, so the first one is uh, titled, This Podcast is a Good Podcast from <laughs> Natural underscore Light One. Uh, somewhere in America, but it's a big old place, so I don't know where in America they're from. Uh, it says, while listening to the paddock, I often think, would I get the same enjoyment from listening to any three guys talk about anything, or is there something special about these guys talking about this thing? After listening for a year, good on you, uh, I've made up my mind, the paddock is special. So thank you very much, Natural Light One. Thank you. Uh, that was that was five stars as well, which is lovely to have. Uh, the next That's one lovely. is Kipper75, with a one instead of an I, smart, well done Kipper. That also uh-huh. looks like it could be a password. Hopefully it's not. Uh, that's, got, that's titled Nate Dog and the Bee Child Medulators, which is... Wow, the Medulators. Oh, that's it. Medulators, I quite like yeah. that. That makes you sound like like uh, a, a tentacled superhero. The Medulator. Like an octopus okay. man. <laughs> cool. Sure. All right. That's what I think. Uh, Just having a victory sip of a beer before I read out the uh, actual... Uh, review. Uh, love this pod. Great mix of banter and F1 content. Was going to try 60 second review, but not that skilled. In absence of that, please read this review. Very, very. What's the word going to be? Slowly. <laughs> nice. Well played, my friend. Well played. Thank you. I thought there was that was a wasn't issue. Issue. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I, I did wonder for a second. I was like, uh, yeah, no, that was good. Um, Why? I mean, what, look, what? I just read that normally. <laughs> Sixty-second reviews. You know, they're an art form. You know, I just, you know, I just, I just speak, and special things happen. So I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think ordinary people could could uh, could uh, could uh, knock one out. You know. Oh wait, I didn't mean to say. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh god! Sorry. Moving on. Oh my word! <laughs> now, well, um, the final one is from Chris Broconnell. Get it? Chris Broconnell, uh, also in the US, who says, Love the pod, but. Uh, and it says, I love listening every week, but each episode goes downhill so fast. When you start with the best jokes anyone has ever told and a rating system that has zero consistency <laughs> week to week, it's hard to keep up with that pace. <laughs> Great F1 talk, even better banter. Love the show. Uh, and hopefully, Chris Broconnell <laughs> will be happy to be the final review on the show. Yeah, that. Chris Broconnell, you, you, my friend, me and you are going to go for a beer one day. That was spot on. Lawrence, there's no consistency. Is this one of your friends, Nate? No, it's absolutely not. Well, he is now. He wasn't until I just heard it. You don't complain about the consistency when I give you good scores. Well, it's been, it's been bubbling away. Okay. (laughs) It's been bubbling away. And now, and now a listener has said it. And yeah, maybe I'll go on strike. Maybe I'll go on strike. No jokes. No jokes until we sort the scoring system out. Okay, well, let's uh, let's end this podcast before you start to consider <laughs> well, that option as a real real option. Before before he does that, I've got a uh, a special mention that needs to be thrown in. Um, we had the cancer scientist that sent us a review a few weeks ago, mm. and it came up with a weird username. And we had a DM from Rena Evans, and Rena says um, that she is the cancer scientist and uh, doesn't understand why it came up with the strange um, username, but wanted to make the point that cancer research is such an incredible effort. 
uh, as a team among hundreds and thousands of scientists with everyone doing their small part, so I really can't take too much credit, uh, which is very humble. But uh, thank you for the re review, Rena, and keep doing what you're doing because that's properly saving the world. We're just yeah. saving it from boredom. <laughs> <laughs> saving it from slow racing. That's what you're doing. Slow. Slow. No, I'm, yeah, what? I echo what you said there. That was nice. Call me slow. I said, no, I said you're saving it from slow racing because you're so fast. I'm saving mm. the world from bad jokes. Well, no, I'm saving the world from good jokes. I don't know. Saving the world from something. <laughs> Lawrence, saving the, world, saving the from, world from this finish. Yeah. People that like uh, podcasts finishing. I'm just giving bad scores to jokes, apparently. So I'm going to go away and take a long, hard look not at myself. Bad so I'm gonna not bad scores Not bad scores as much as inconsistent scores. Okay, let's not... Okay. Know, it's, it's a, it's a language what? thing. At some point over the summer break, I'm going to go back through every single joke, work out whether I agree or disagree with the rating, and I'll come back to you mm. and let you know whether I personally think I'm consistent or not. And if I do, yeah, we've, that's the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> we've been threatening to do this for a long time. So, yeah, I, I welcome that. I welcome, okay. I welcome this review into my jokes. <laughs> into my <laughs> of course you do. Sound like a politician. I welcome the review by Lord Barreto <laughs> into my jokes, and I, I trust he will be he will be fair and impartial. Uh, um, right, okay, dokes. Um, Meadows has started to pack his stuff up, which means we probably should let him go. Um, thank you to everyone who left us a review. Um, you can leave further ones on at the paddock, obviously on wherever you listen to your podcast. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Meadows' work on Race.com, and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Bye. Network.